Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. He's got Ferreira at the far post. Can he get a shot off? It's Ferreira to get a second. Yes, he does. Goes in off the hands of JT Marcinkowski. Sebas Ferreira has picked up the second. It's 4-2 Houston Dynamo. As always, we have some housekeeping first. Make sure you guys like, review, rate, share, subscribe, all those things you can do. Uh, first, we're going to have the Ben Olsen post-game press conference. Quick excerpt. And then you're going to hear me, my bestest friend Joey, and Colin from Keeping Tabs. Enjoy the show. We've got enough talent to win games in this league. And so it starts with that. It starts with self- selflessness, discipline hard work, outworking the opponent, you know, all, all these buzzwords, but they're real. And when we can do that and, and we're collective, uh, we, we seem to uh, uh, have success. So now we go to Red Bulls, a very, very tough place to play and against a tough team. So uh, we got to figure out how to grind something out of a, a way result. Welcome back to the Houston Dynapod podcast. I'm here with my hetero life partner and best podcast friend in the whole wide world, Joe Chabala. What's up, Joey? Hey, what's up, guys? And then... Uh, we decided to do a three-way today, guys. We brought in, you know him, you love him from Keeping Tabs. Colin, what's up, dude? Hey, yo, what's up, guys? So, Colin, it's been it's been a while, yeah? Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been too long. It's been too long. What, uh, did you have a good time last night watching this game? A lot better than I thought I would have, uh, given the first, you know, 20, 25 minutes how the game was going. I didn't think I'd enjoy myself, but it was pretty good. I think we saw a lot of good things and a little bit of bad. It's not a dynamo game if there's not a little bit of bad mixed in too, but mostly good. I had a really good time, man. I mean, how can you not in a 3-0 win against, you know, your quote unquote arrival, I guess. I mean, are they a rival? Are, are they? Kind of? They're LA, I guess so. It kind of like I think of them as a rival. The 2011-2012 runs, like that's kind of where it comes from, right? I wasn't even a fan back then, so I couldn't even say from a, a first point of view but i guess that's where it comes from right oh definitely and we've all seen we've had games of playoff implications in the last few years where we rained on their parade so well, yeah, they definitely don't like us yeah no they, they they dread coming here that was pretty evident when we talked to the uh when i talked to the news around the galaxy guys which by the way they uh they messaged me and they're like dude you were spot on and we suck i don't think la's bad i just think that they don't they don't have any balls. They don't have any mental discipline. The shit that they did last night with Costa and then uh, Casares that walked over to the VAR thing. Is that his name? Uh, I think, yeah, Mark Casares. That, that goes down to coaching, I, I I think. Like, keeping the locker room in check, keeping, like, your your team management. Like, that that sounds like that's that's from a coaching perspective. Yeah. I agree with that, but you'd think Bavani's a well-established coach. Well, I mean, he's I think got, so, too. He's got big names in that lineup. It's just... What were they? Th- I mean, they haven't won a game. Maybe it's frustration from the lack of production. They haven't been scoring. They haven't done well. They're they're not used to being last because they are. Maybe it's just frustration. They don't know how to deal with failure. I mean, we do, right? We know how to deal with sucking. We've done it for a while. Well, I remember you 
you talking to the LA Galaxy guys, and they were complaining about the VAR. And I I know we'll talk about it later, but I thought we were lucky to to get the PK taken back from Memo because I, I did not think it was clear and obvious that it was not a foul. Like, real time, I thought it was a foul. Now, when you look back at it, you can see that it's not, but I didn't think it was clear and obvious enough for the ref to take back the decision. And also... With the VAR, I, di- I didn't know that going over the ref during a VAR decision was a, a yellow card offense, personally. I, I don't know how, like, brain dead that was from Caceres. I didn't yeah. know it was – I didn't know. But apparently it was a big deal, but I had no idea. I, I think that's disrespectful. Yeah, they need to implement a rule where once the VAR decision is made, stay the fuck away from the official. Like this, the whining and the complaining and the nonsense, like you're killing the flow of the game. The decision's been made. They went to the monitor. Get away. Like, get well, Glenn away. Davis in real time made a pretty good comment. And he was like, do you think that Caceres coming over influences the ref's decision to give a penalty to Caceres who made the foul? Like, do you think do you think it was a flat out penalty or do you think somehow Caceres coming over played a role in the ref giving the penalty? Uh, no, I, I think I think it was a penalty. And I don't think the memo one early on was a penalty either. I don't think that was a penalty because because Franco got ball first. I agree. I think both calls were spot on. Yeah, I mean they were they were not easy calls, but they were done correctly. I think it's just another issue of not calling it real time and, and having to go to VAR, and that's a real problem this season that everyone, every team is facing that these calls are having to go to VAR because the ref is just not competent enough to make it real time. Yeah, and they're not. It's not going away. This is how it's going to be. Like this. This is where this is what they've settled on. This is the. The format and the style that refs are going to use. This this is how it's going to be. And until we get refs that can actually call it in real time, which we don't have them, that's never going to change. Never will. No. So hey, lineup. Uh, any surprises? I, I, Joe, you and I talked. We both thought for sure we would see our designated player striker. And once again, uh, White Lightning Corey Baird was out there. But what really got me was. I thought Steris might play on the left and Dorsey might get a run out on the right, but I guess those would be my surprises. The fact that Franco went on the left after not, he didn't play great against San Jose and then uh, not seeing Sebas in. And you know what? Seeing Yvonne Franco over Sebas, I've, I'm about had it with him. But what were y'all's thoughts on the lineup? Uh, I, th- I think that was pretty much spot on the lineup, really. I think, I think it was interesting to put Escobar out wide uh, or on the left have him kind of invert was really interesting but i think it worked because you know when you have steras he plays and he plays that right back he's pretty much playing center back but on the right he's very defensive and then they just give the left back all the freedom to run forward i thought it was really interesting to have him kind of invert a bit kind of play like almost like a jao Cancelo type role and yeah. support the midfield i thought it was kind of brilliant and i think it really supported our game well and it got Bassy in some really good positions and then when we're talking about the front three I don't really have any complaints I think Corey Baird had a really good game I, I think Franco is getting getting there to be a bit frustrating I don't I'm definitely not out on him yet because I definitely think he's looked dangerous at times he's just not putting it together and he's also got to look at it. he's very he's a young player who hasn't played a lot in the last year or so so I feel like he just needs to kind of gain that momentum. Yeah, that that header he had came from Steris, didn't it? The one where he missed it, it went off memo. We got another corner. Wasn't that Franco? Yes, that, Franco? yes it was. That was a, that was a mm-hmm. nifty little cross. Colin, what did you think of the uh, the lineup last night? Any surprises? Any uh, any disappointments? It was no surprises for me. I don't think Vanderkus. The only surprise would be Escobar on the left, but I don't think Vanderkus is up to it. Not yet. We're definitely not going to see him like thrust into eleven without having him sub into a game, which I thought was kind of a missed opportunity to get him some minutes last night, but that was my real only complaint with that. And Baird, I fully expected him to start, especially with how he was the one that earned the penalty. I thought that that was his gateway. That was Ben's gateway to, to start uh, Baird again. Yeah, he and, won the penalty. To, oh, go ahead. To be fair, like you, you can say what you want about Sebastian Ferreira. He does not press. He's not a pressing striker. And that's not Ferreira's fault. I think that's that's uh, Pat Onstad's fault. We obviously know that Ferreira's class. Like, he can score. He's he's a 15-plus goal scorer in MLS easily. But 
Ben Olsen doesn't want to play with the sort of kind of poaching striker that that Sebastian Freire is. He wants like the ball at the striker's feet. And for what it's worth, Baird does that well. But if there's ever a situation where we should lean on Corey Baird starting over Sebastian Ferreira, then Sebastian Ferreira should not be on our team. But I I fully expected Baird to start. And, man, I'm with you, man. Franco, I think Brooklyn Reigns does Franco's spot as good, if not better, than than Franco. I mean, he's basically there to press and be be a nuisance. And I think Brooklyn can do that just as good. I mean, I didn't see much from Franco other than that. He made a good touch from a bossy cross and that he just lifted over the bar. The left that was pretty yeah. much. And also the header you talked about, but rough game from Franco again. Yeah, he was. I was charting how many passes he sent directly to the Galaxy, and it was at least three in his. Uh, I don't know, man. He, uh, he, yo, you're right. He's young and he deserves time. But, you know, Colin, that's an interesting point. I, I think Brooklyn does do what he does better. And we, we you talked about Baird. In the last three games, Baird has won a penalty, he's created an assist, and he won a free kick that led to Herrera's goal. So he's got these his you know his shitheadedness and his his go his initiative has got us three goals in the last two games. Effort wise, no one on the team can hold a candle to Baird. No, I I don't, I'm not blame, I'm not I'm not doubting his like what's the word I'm looking for his drive or like. The amount of effort and work he puts out on the field, but skill-wise, almost anyone is is higher on the totem pole than him. I don't know. He's a mixed bag. I think. See, I think skill-wise, he's got a. I think he's got some skill, man. I mean, not not like a mean bossy, but I think he's got more overall skill than someone like Ivan Franco. It's like someone like Ichara or uh, who else has played up top. I, think I don't even think too. we've seen Ashara yet, have we? No, Has he no. played? No, he's, he's been injured. He's out till mid-May. So, speaking of injuries, Joey, did you find any, anything on Tater Schmidt? No, not yet. I, I could have sworn in the Apple broadcast they said it was an ACL, but they also talked about Brad Smith right after, so maybe they were confusing Brad Smith with Schmidt. But uh, I, I think if it was a, as serious as an ACL injury, I think the Dynamo would have released something by now yeah, about that. Find- I can't find anything. I've been Googling. No, I can't either. I don't think it's that serious. It didn't look. He walked off the field by himself, too. No, maybe it's a shoulder. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe the Apple guys are just wrong. But oh, on it's, the knee, left, it's a knee injury for sure. That's oh, what's listed on the injury report. Great. <clears throat> Great. That's fantastic. So that, uh, no, I don't think DJ's ready. And I, I would have liked to have seen him last night because we're up by three goals. The third goal goes in, put Vanderkust in. Let's see what he can do. But we've put Escobar on the left with Schmidt being hurt. Who would you take? They're both fully healthy. Franco Escobar, Tate Schmidt. Who would you put on the left? Who do you like more out there, Colin? I mean, if we're talking on the left, I think Tate Schmidt. I think Tate Schmidt, hands down. I thought I thought he's been pretty good this season. He's. I think he's pretty decent going forward, and he's he's not like a liability at all on defense either. I mean, he had one rough game where I think it was against Austin where they had a couple of the chances early on came from his side. But apart from that, I thought he's played pretty well defensively and he offers something going forward and he already has a goal to his name, at, you know, it being from a corner kick. But I, I think in a perfect world, we have Franco on the right and Tate Schmidt on the left. But if I'm just choosing, you know, Tate Schmidt on the bench on the, or on the left or Franco on the bench or on the left. I'm picking Tate Schmidt. Yeah, who are you picking? Left side, Escobar, Schmidt, and now Griffin Dorsey's not an option. It, it it depends on who's on the right, though. Let's say you got Steris on the right. Steris on the right? I'm going to go with Escobar just because I feel like he's the better of the two players and I'd rather just get him on the field. All right. What if it's Griffin Dorsey on the right? If it's Dorsey, then I'm going... Escobar as well. Okay. Yeah, because Dorsey's. Uh... But I think yeah, I agree. The perfect world is Escobar's on the right, and then Tate's on the left, or well, hopefully Brad Smith soon. But hell yeah, I'm so excited for him, man. God, yo, I don't know if like you guys are looking at this club the way I am, but when we're healthy, dude, I, th- I think we're gonna be pretty good. I really do. Defensive wise, I think we'll be a very good team structurally because. God. We don't even we haven't even seen Sviachinko yet, who has Champions League and Europa League 
level experience. Like, he's, oh yeah, he's he's going to come in and be the best center back on the team. Yeah, the, I mean, the, he's going to be in, the best. He's going to be the best center back we've ever had on this team instantly. Eddie Robinson might disagree, but no, no you're I'm, right. So I'm really excited for Brad Smith. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Because you know, we, oh, since <laughs> for this whole season, we've given the left back just complete reign to just bomb forward. And if Smith could do what he did in Seattle and DC, oh my God, he's going to be crazy. Well, they Joey, were... that's a good point, actually, because I guess you could look at some of the like chances that come on teenager DB side and and blame it a little bit on teenager DB throughout the the matches in the game, but. Our left backs are awarded to go up really high, and teenagers asked to cover that that space too. So, I guess, I mean, I don't know if y'all see as much as many mistakes in teenagers I do, but I, I noticed that there's a couple times where he's it looks like he's at fault for you know letting a run go by or missing an interception or something like that. But he, I think he's asked to cover a lot of space, especially with how we're structured with our fullbacks. Yeah, and you have the not so speedy Daniel Starris on the right. I mean, Bartlow's got decent pace. But teenage on the back, he's he's the fastest one we got center back wise, and he just he looks he kind of looks like a giraffe when he when he moves around like he's not very, you know I've always I've said before like his hips aren't he he he's gangly he's a little goofy, but I don't and I still don't think he rates a DP designation. I think he's oh, been uh, one of our most important players this season. Yeah, but I still think when Sviachenko comes in, Eric Sviachenko becomes the best center back on the team. I think center back wise. If I'm picking who's had a better season, I'd say Ethan Barlow. I would I would say teenage, not by I much. Would say teenage too. Well, the thing with teenage that he offers different than just about every center back in MLS is the fact that he could go out on that left side and he could be a ball player on that side and provide good cover and kind of work the triangles with Artur and then the left back. Most center backs can't do that because most center backs are right footed. It's teenage is a left footed one, which is important and then he's as good of a passer and as good of a distributor he can run with the ball too if he needs to <clears throat> most center backs and MLS can't do that and when if you want to get one you have to pay a premium price for it. it's just how it is yeah or slap a dp thing on him regarding bartlow like he's not going to make the big impact huge plays that teenage can make which we all know he can but he's going to also not make as many mistakes as teenage i think teenage is one mistake a game. Apart from last night, I thought he was perfect. But usually, normally, you can probably expect one one misplaced pass that leads to a breaking chance for the opposing team. One, you know, one moment where it's like, what are you doing? Like, what was that? Yeah. Uh... The, th- the thing is, you could say that about most center backs in MLS, though. Yeah, there was, there was, one, there was one time there was a run. And it was pretty obvious that Bartlow did not see the guy. He drifted in between him and teenage. And I was looking, I was like, man, if this guy with the ball can look up and see this, Bartlow was 100% out of position. It was second half. I want to say it was still 11 v 11. But there's a couple of times they make runs and Ethan looks like he's uh, not really paying attention. But let's let's. Are you get... talking? Or are you talking about the chance where teenager DB gets down and passes the ball back to Steve Clark, sort of? Oh, I don't remember. It was, it was, it was like a counterattack. LA came quick. Uh, we had people forward. Bartlow runs towards the right, drifts left, and then an, a guy just kind of drifts in between him and t- teenage. And Bartlow slides more to the right. It creates more of a gap. I, I'd have to go back and look. I would know it if I saw it again. But I, I thought that'd be a goal for sure. But hey, let's get off. Let's get off the defense because the defense is fucking dope. Let's talk about up top. There's a lot of disagreement in who our best three up top are. So everybody listen, and we're going to settle this shit right now. Okay. Joey, who's your best three up top? And then Colin, and then I'll go. And this is it. We're gonna we're gonna settle this once and for all. So if Ben's listening, he knows who to play next week. Joey, up top, who are you starting? Um, 
I'm just, I'm going to stick with what we've st been starting. I'm going to go Bossy, Baird, and Franco. All right, that's that's not what I wanted to hear, but that's fine. That's fine. Colin, who do you got up top? I'm going to go Bossy, Baird, and Franco. Fuck, then it's Bossy, because, Baird, and Franco. Because I think, as much as I hate to say it, Baird is one of our best three attackers right now. He He needs to be on the field. Yeah, I think he's number two. I think he's number two behind Bossy. But I think attacking-wise, up top, I said it before, when Baird is on the wing, where he plays, he's played more recently, uh, that's when he contributes more. He got the assist to Bossy last night. And I still think up top, if we go Bossy, Sebus, Baird, that gives us our most talented attacking trio. But this is a democratic podcast, and you guys went with Bossy, Franco, Baird. So that's what we're going to say. We're going to stick with that. Now, uh, no, I'm just, just not interested in Sebus anymore. He's in his third choice at this point. I am, I am also, uh, I have the same reasoning to be honest because part of me is very like strong in the belief that he's going to be gone this summer. And I know that's a point we'll get to later, but I just that's kind of why I'm like, okay, why even let's just give Thor the minutes at this point because it obviously looks like that Sebastian Ferrer is not in Ben Olsen's plan. And as long as Benny Ball is working, which it is now. I'm I'm ride or die with Benny, and if Benny doesn't believe in Sebus, I don't believe in Sebus. Right on. So, uh, the prodigal son made a return last night, Memo Rodriguez, and I'm sure, sure a lot of people were thrilled to see him. I, I was a hey, uh, Colin. Did you go to the game? No, I, I couldn't make it out there. Damn it! I want to know the crowd's reaction to when Memo was announced. Anybody get that? No. Do they like, announce it? Oh yeah, they announced the lineups. Yeah, they announced for both teams. They don't. Yeah. They're very not as enthusiastic with the away team, but they, they announce it. Yeah, I was. You know, I, I didn't think he'd start, but he did. And as soon as I saw him on the wing, I was thinking, all right, number one, he's out of position. And number two, this this could go our way because he's not very good up there. But on his return, you could tell early on to me at least that he kind of had an axe to grind, like a chip on his shoulder. He was aggressive with the ball, one v ones. He was trying to take shots. I thought within the first ten minutes, I was like, man, I take him over Ivan Franco any day. What did y'all think about Memo last night? Uh, he, he was fine. He he really didn't even play out on the wing. He played more of through the middle. But he, he didn't make that big of an impact. I mean, he almost won a penalty. I still think it was the right call. But other, he really didn't do much. He was kind of invisible like we see a lot of times of him here. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was poor for the most part. And, and you hit it perfectly when you had the preview with the LA Galaxy guys when you said, like, if he's starting for your team, like that's a problem with your team. Yeah. Because we saw it I here. Think we saw it. Yeah. Now, when, when he mean, had Elise and Kyoto and Benotis and he was a midfielder, the numbers were very different. But everybody's numbers are going to be different with those three up top. But you put him on a team that's middling around offensively like we've been for years or like LA is doing now. And he's just, he's a depth piece or an average player. But, uh, would y'all take him over Yvonne Franco? Colin? No, because while I think Memo right now would have more of an impact, I don't think that'll be the case in three or four months. I do think part of Ivan Franco's game is just growing in to the league and getting some more playing time under his belt. Once he gets the first goal, I think it'll be a lot, a lot for him for his confidence. I mean, right now, Memo would would be better as of right now. As of tomorrow, if we had a game, Memo would be would be a better player than Ivan Franco, but neither of them are really good. So it's like, I don't think either of them should really be starting right now. It's just we have no other options. We have no other options, but I'd, I'd still pick Ivan Franco. You know, it's mad that a team like the Galaxy who have had guys like Ibrahimovic, Beckham, Chicharito are forced to now start a guy like Memo Rodriguez. Joey, would you take Memo over Franco? Uh, I mean they're they're completely different players, but so I'd say in the way we play Franco, I would rather have Franco out there. He's got a Franco's got a one point three xg. Still nothing though. It's killing me, man. It's killing me how he uh he's not putting him away. He I mean real realistically that uh the good touch and that left footed uh, shot was going to be hard to make no matter what but that header 
that was a good by Daniel. That was a good a good pass, man. I, I thought for sure that was going in, especially with the size of his hair. Got a large he's just area. He's just so tiny. Like he's like five six or five seven. It's like he gets his head on so many balls. He also gets bossed off the ball a lot. They push him around he, out there, man. He does. He really does. They need to get him with uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa's personal trainers. Start give him some HGH. We gotta bulk him up. Send him to uh, the Hulk Hogan Academy for physical development. <laughs> I don't think you can have HGH. I'm pretty sure that's illegal, right? Look, we're not talking about legality. We're talking about what's best for the club. And if that's what's best for the club, damn it, that's what we're doing. I got a guy. We can get some. Joe, you got that connection out there in New Mexico, that Walter guy? <laughs> yeah. Not tight. So, yo, <laughs> did you guys notice the first half possession stats and how absolutely fucking lopsided it was? Possession doesn't mean a lot. No, I know, but we have not, dude. When's the last time we gave up possession like that? I think uh, we've won possession in every game apart from one game this season. I'm well, two sure now. the Galaxy lead the league in possession, so I'm not surprised that, with that. That was wild, though. Sixty. It didn't feel like two to one because that's what it was, but it certainly did not feel like they had the ball twice as much. But man, they they, they weren't able to do anything with it. They only had three shots on target. Yeah, they they lead the league in possession, have the least amount of goals scored in the league. That's wild. Or second least. SKC only has two. But yeah, that'll change with Chicharito getting hit fit again and coming back. That, that those numbers will go up. And their backup, what's his name? Jovalich? Jovalich, yeah. Yeah, well, he's pretty good too. He's not bad. I would take him here. I mean, he's had a lot of chances. He's he's wildly underperforming his XG. So Sounds he like was really good last year. Last year he he overly perf- over outperformed his XG. So sounds like Sebastian Ferreira. Sounds like Ivan Franco. It sounds like both. I think if Franco and Ferreira had a baby, we'd have the perfect player. We just have to wait sixteen to eighteen years and figure out a way for two men to have a child without adoption. I think if Messi, Messi and Baird had a baby, that'd be the perfect player. That would be so. You know, how about Messi and Bartlow? You don't talk about a handsome baby. <laughs> Ooh. The only thing you would want from Bartlow is his looks. He wouldn't want anything else. The hair? Well, hey, does does Bartlow need tattoos? Like, would he no. look good all sleeved up? No. I think that would that would that would make him look worse. Like, he's not a tattoo kind of guy. He's like the kind of guy that you bring home for Thanksgiving dinner, and he shows up in a shirt and tie. Like that tree tattoo on Bear makes me want to barf every time I see it. I hate that tattoo. That he, was it, a face. It just makes him- it makes him look fat. Like I don't know how to explain it, but he just looks. I, I hate it. Like I hate that tattoo. I just wish Corey would breathe out of his mouth a little bit less. Like, <laughs> no. like okay, yo. Speaking of mouth breathers, yesterday we went to my parents' house, right? And we're driving home, and my special needs son falls asleep. So he falls asleep, and his mouth is hanging open. And my teenage son, you know, how he wakes him up. He puts a fucking starburst in his mouth. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, why do I smell wild cherry starburst? And I look back and my kid's like licking his lips and his eyes are going. I go, what'd you do? They're all laughing. He goes, we put a starburst in his mouth. I'm like, bro, what if he chokes? It was funny though. Um, how many how many kids do you have? That I know of? Four. Good answer. Yeah, there could be more. I uh I'm not I have a latex allergy, or at least that's what I tell people. <laughs> So, yo, do you think last night, uh, do you think Olsen went into this expecting, because I, I thought we were we were counterattacking based on their possession. I don't think we really possessed and built up as slowly as normal. Do you think that this was an Olsen thing, or do you think it was just a, you think it was Ben that, that put yeah. Olsen into play? I yeah, think 100%. we should have, I think we should have stopped trying to build out of the back, especially in the first half, because it was not working. Like, their press was too much. And that's another thing is that I feel like other teams break our press so easily. Do y'all feel that? Do y'all feel that yeah. other teams? Yeah. Do, why is that? What What's the reasons for that? Because it's like I feel like, like Joey's better at this, but to me, it looks like by the third or fourth pass, somebody is too far out of position by trying to press somewhere else, or they hit the uh, what was it? Not a skip. They they pass it two over. Joey, what is it? You're the analyst. Oh, uh, it's it's we we do press man to man in a four four two. Um, it's really it's it's it comes a lot on our right side. It's usually Franco, who is screwing up the press, and they kind of pass it right around him when he's trying to cover the right or uh, their left back. 
and they get into that midfield area and then they kind of just bulldoze through because our midfield is is very strong, but it's not necessarily the quickest at times. Herrera is a little slow to react. And that's kind of what kills That's when they kind of just shred our press. We saw that a few times in the first half. But it usually gets better as the game goes on, I've noticed. That's you're why we're about, more of a second-half team. You're talking about Yvonne Franco, right? Not Franco Escobar. Yeah, Yvonne Franco. Dude, having Yvonne Franco and Franco Escobar, because I want to call Yvonne Franco Franco, but then if I call him Franco... I could be talking about Franco Escobar. So I got to go with Yvonne. Is it Yvonne or Ivan? It's Yvonne, right? It's Yvonne, yeah, I believe. That's why I think we did look a little better in the press with Reigns playing. And exactly. Why I have been clamoring for maybe trying to put Coco out on that right side and get another midfielder in, like put Bassi in midfield and then get a maybe even put Schmidt at that left mid spot or Dorsey. Or Smith. Well, whenever Brad's whenever Brad Smith, Brad Smith when he's in, yeah. yeah, I think he he could do that. Well, I, you got to have someone right footed on that left mid spot because they have to kind of invert. I mean, unless Escobar is going to be the full time starter at left back, but we got to keep that full back. If they're if we're going to have a right footed on the left mid, we got to have the left back stay high and wide. So, I would say probably Dorsey on the right. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> no. Or Dorsey on the left. I mean. <laughs> I like I'm beginning to think that Dorsey is what he is now, which is going to be that bench player that comes on 15 to 20 or for chasing a lead. Like yeah, we we know we've seen that. good things, but like defensively, he's not it. Steris defensively, he's he's sound, but God, is he slow? He is. I my, think the fact- my, my big hope is we just we just can Sebas and we get a DP striker. Yeah, that could press, and then we could put just put Barrett on that left mid, and then have Barrett left mid, Coco right mid. And then well, I think Bassi in midfield. I think regarding Dorsey, like the fact that we're leaning on stairs to start right here is a big is a big tell of like where Dorsey is and Ben Olsen's plans. Like we've seen a pretty clear picture of, of who's in Ben Olsen's plans and who's not going forward. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, he's I think Dorsey's clearly in Ben Olsen's plans. I just think it's as a as a depth piece, as a reserve. Yeah, it's as it's, I think he has a very clear role. He's there to see out games. You know, as we've seen it in the few games already against against Austin and against New York, that they bring him on and they kind of go to that five back. He'll play right wing back. Yeah, I think I, we might see more games start in that shape with Sivachenko coming in. So how do ben we line up with possibility? How do we line up? I, de- I mean, ideally, yeah, like three five two, three five two, because our midfield is our strongest, and you want to keep Karaskia, Hector, and Artur there. So I would go three five two, and up top you play Baird and Bossy. And, and what's our can, back line? Oh, it'll be teenage uh, Sviatchenko in the middle, and Bartlow on the right, or Sviatchenko on the right and Bartlow on the mm. center. What? What do you mean for? I don't think Bartlow starts in that. I don't think Bartlow could, would start in that setup. You think Steris? I think Steris because then you could have the more fluid shape where you could start moving players from the right center back to right back, or even Escobar. You could see Escobar start in that setup, and he could kind of switch it from right back to right center back depending on the shape. It's true. I'm high on Bartlow, and I like a lot of what he does, but he's not a very good aerial threat. So I think with like. A lineup like that, you'd really want your center backs to, to really be able to get every head on the ball. And I think with, I you know, Svechinko's yet to be seen, but Hadibi and Steris are really, really good in the air. See, I thought Bartlett was good with his head last night. I thought he cleared a shitload of balls out of that box. And he, there was another game one, he did it too. He had that one specific save with his head. Do you remember that? Yes. Late on? I thought, yeah. I thought that was a pretty good save. Yeah, I think he's a, and you know, it's this is his first year really playing for us. He was hurt the whole first year. Uh, what was it last year? He barely appeared. And I, did I like what I see? Like, I'm I'm Quite confident that he'll be year. good. A bit, yeah, but not not like this. I think, no, not like games. 
Yeah, but how many of those were in mop-up time or as a sub or open cups? Six. Yeah, so He started nine games in MLS last year. And I think that's a good number for a a, a red shirt sophomore because his first year was hurt. You know, that's a good number. That's what I'd expect him to play his rookie season. Like, that's what I would want Reigns or Thor, you know, the guys like that. That's how many games they should be. Maybe not starts, but 10 to 15 appearances. Yeah, absolutely. But, man, I lost my train. I I think he sees the bench with Siachenko coming in, though. Well, this is only going to make him better, too. This this competition is, like, good. We haven't had, like, healthy competition in a long time. And and that's going to – like, even being able to sit here and talk about – Schmidt starting or Escobar starting is a good problem to have. Yeah. And and we haven't had that kind of problem in a long time. We've now, really never top, had a center back depth ever. Nah. No. No. Even in our best years. I mean, look at 2017, what it was Leonardo, Leonardo and Machado. And then yeah. after that, yeah. it was Kevin Garcia. Kevin, Kevin Garcia. And even look before that, I mean, I think probably the best depth we've had in the last decade is when we had what? Horst and Raul Rui Diaz starting, and then I guess and Sender- had, I thought Senderos was also I Senderos, yeah, I forgot about Senderos in 2018. But yeah, it's like well, 2016, 2015 was it was Raul <clears throat> Rodriguez and Horst, and we had what Taylor and August behind him. That was probably like some of the best depth we've had, and it was pretty Baba as well. Any Baba around, he was more of a right back, but Ani Baba and his 40 Thieves. So, yeah. this, this next question, I think we've already answered, man. Uh, you guys pro Thor or pro Sebas? Who do you want coming off the bench? Thor. I'm yeah, Thor at this point. I mean, and I think again, like Sebastian Prairie not coming off the bench and Thor coming off the bench yesterday was that's a slap in Sebastian Ferrer's face. Like well, don't, that was don't, so telling. Don't you think though, like what Sebastian did on Instagram was a slap in the whole fucking team's face, and especially Ben Olsen? That's very childish. Like that's what a little child would do. That's what I would do. What did he say? I obviously I don't read Spanish. It was uh, it was it's not all about running. It's got to show some love to the ball, something like that. Yeah. So he's basically like dogging Baird. He's dogging Olsen. I think he's a shot at Ben Olsen. That's a shot at Olsen. That's not a shot at Baird. I don't think there's any personal beef with Baird. Yeah, you 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 can't. If you're Sebastian Fedeta, you've been here for two years. You're gonna dog a guy that's been doing this much longer than you and who despite popular opinion, is probably better than you as a soccer player all around. You know, I think it's a shot at Ben Olsen because, like, uh, Colin, you said Sebas is Pat Onstad's fault. Sebas is brought in under uh, Paulo. So he was never, you know, he was, I can't. I don't think you can put that on Pat. I don't think you can put it on Ben. It's just he doesn't fit Ben. You, you, you put know? that on Naga for being so awful. No, we can put well, a lot I on think, Naga. I think you put that on Pat Onstad because Pat Onstad hired Naga. And That's when we true. hired him, he brought him in and talked all this big stuff. Said we're going to make playoffs, and oh, he was and so we don't. Wrong. He was and so wrong. He he's not going to say forward. we're not going to make playoffs. It's it's GM but talk. They're always going to say we're going to make playoffs. But if you say that, I mean, you're going to get dogged on when we don't. And and Nagamora didn't even make it through the whole season. I I think Sebastian Ferreira is a huge huge miss on Ben Olsen's not Ben Olsen as on Sats part. I mean, wasn't he like a four and a half million dollar transfer like yeah. oh it's it a huge miss yeah like he, i think he broke the record for our transfer fee before we brought oh well, actually we didn't even technically buy hector rare so he is still the record yeah he's the record yeah that's sad and that's on pat onstead 100 i can't blame a guy that's not here i can't blame paulo because he's not even here and to be fair in in onstead's defense he said playoffs are the goal which you have to. I, I, he never said we're going to make the playoffs. I did because I say that every fucking year. But he said playoffs are the goal, and that's that's at the minimum. That's what you got to say as as the GM and the, one of the faces of the team. But, yes, uh, but he did insinuate that, like by saying that, he's insinuating that he believes there's a chance. And then we go and we finish worst, second worst in the the West, and it's like, well, that was no real improvement over the last two years, and it's like. And we're, we're some fans that are tired of hearing that we still need to wait. And we've been waiting for the last seven years for something to happen. And that we're, we're just not the right fan base to tell it, like, to, t- to give us this hope, to give us this idea that we're going to make the playoffs and then pretty much finish last place again. Yeah, it's like it's like being married to an abusive person, and they're like, "Hey, I'm going to stop beating you up now," and they beat you up again. It, it's just been it's been bad for us. And no, I do a lot of soccer, a lot of 
I think this city just is not, you can't lie to us because we have expectations and we don't like being bad because if think, we're bad, we're not going to go. I think Houston is a very no-nonsense sports fan base city. Look at the Rockets. They've been terrible and their attendance have been bad. The Astros before 2017, like no one really went to the games. No one talked about the Astros until they were good. And the Dynamo, like actually we're putting up pretty good attendance numbers early on the season. We have already, we've already sold out one. And then I think this last game, it was around 19,000. Yeah. And it, it looked really, it re- looked full on TV. It looked nice. See, I was looking, it. I was looking at the lower level, the East side, lower level from the camera. And I was like, man, that looks half empty. But once uh, I saw some videos of up top, <laughs> Up top, man, it was it was pretty full, and that's we need to get up there and have seventeen to 20, nineteen thousand people get there per game because we really do change the atmosphere. Because when we're there, like, dude, we were loud. Good. We, we were very loud on the broadcast. It was we had a good at dude Houston Dynamo games. I've been to other MLS games. I've, I've been to an Austin game. I've been to a Dallas game. I've even been to a Philadelphia Union game, and it's like the atmosphere at a Dynamo game is is nothing like i've seen like there's a lot of passion for soccer down here and and i like i was talking to you before we hit the record button like all of our like podcasts will will grow along with the dynamo when when they become good and it's i'm just i can't wait and it looks like we're on the right track right wouldn't you all say like what six six games of the season it looks like we've seen if not as much good as bad more good than bad what do you think, Joey? Are we on the right track? Oh, definitely. It's just got to. It's just got to. How do we could? Yeah, sorry. How can we take these performances that we're doing at home and put it on the road? That's the biggest hurdle right now. Or as Ben said, grind out. We don't need to win on the road, but we need to come away with points every now and again. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, I think if we're gonna, if there's any opportunity to win some points on the road, it would be against the Red Bulls, who have been absolutely terrible to watch this season. Not and to mention, Hector, they won't Hector have Herrera their goes and gets suspended. Yeah, and they won't have Vinzir well, either. Which, by the way, that was what a conundrum that was. What Herrera? No. Well, yes, but New York Red Bulls versus San Jose. I mean, the twenty minutes extra time, and then the comments. Oh. And then they go and get the late equalizer. Oh, it's classic. But I, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I was supposed to go to the Red Bulls game. I had. I had very much plans to go. I'm kind of glad I'm not now. Being Herrera is not going to be there. Well, that was stupid. Of all. that was, I think that was Olsen's one mistake last night was leaving him out there when you're up two and a man take him out. He is our best player. And Give you, somebody you would, else. You would minutes. also think Herrera would have the awareness to know a player of that experience. That's on. That's on Hector. I, I I'd be I, like I'm really like not all that mad at him for that because. He low-key deserves to get to do whatever he wants to do. And like he, he got like the free kick goal. Like, come on, like he deserved it. Hector's he like it. Hector's like, coach, you see, you won't take me off. I'm gonna make sure I get a break. And you know what for me? His, like dude, he's gonna go and he's gonna go and like okay. And I know New Gribbles have been bad, but that's gonna be in another cold environment similar to New England. It, it, we're terrible on the road. It was probably a game. No, it's not, not going to be cold there now. Well, you know how bad we are away from home. It, it, my point is, it's sort of like we probably weren't going to have a great chance of winning, regardless if Hector Rivera is there, anyways. You know, seventy-four. I mean, what? If, if you're looking, if you're looking at like past, if you're looking at like past results on the road, I'd say like the chances of us winning were already pretty low. So. If if that's Hector's way of saying, hey, hey, coach, let me get the day off, then Huge. whatever. He deserves it. Coach, I need a break. Yeah, it's going to be 74 right now in uh, New York on Saturday. But no, that yeah. – Add the humidity it, to it too. It's, it'd be similar to here, but we don't play well on the road. It's a long trip. And you know what? If you're going to miss a game as Hector Herrera, this is one where, you know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm okay with it. And now you know what we get to see? We get to see just how important he is. Because now he's out. Now we're going to see what this team would look like without him. So anybody that's that, you know, Herrera's washed up or Herrera isn't doing it or Herrera's not, you know, meeting the expectation. Let's take a look this Saturday because, I, dude, I think it's going to be not ugly, but it's going to be very, very different. It's going to fall on guys like Bossy, like Baird, like Coco to pick it up. 
and whoever they slot in for Herrera, which will probably be Reigns, I would imagine. No, oh, definitely. And the, the thing with the thing with Coco is he usually plays better without Herrera. Yeah. So, all right. Next question: Would you sell Sebas, Colin? Would you sell him? Yes. Joey, we take. I think we take okay. our losses on him. Yeah. Yeah. Just. I don't know if I'd openly just be like trying to get rid of him as soon as possible. If offers come in, you gotta you gotta listen. Yeah. There's no way we're getting our is... money back. There's no way. No. Some Liga MX team is going to offer us about 1.5 million, and we'll probably take it. I uh, I hope they kept the receipt. I don't know how that works in MLS with uh, Paraguay, but if we have the receipt, maybe we can get back some of the money or at least the credit to spend later. So uh, we could is, trade him in MLS. I wouldn't be opposed to that either. What's his salary? Isn't he over a million? 1. Yeah, 2? yeah, that's a fucking big salary. It's over a million. We could move it's him. DP, it's a DP contract. I mean. I think he's movable in league. There's many teams that need a striker. I mean, with the Red Bull, you look with the Rebels, they just their DP striker is potentially a racist and they might have to get rid of him. Yeah, but that you don't be really a place see, to sell him. You don't really see that many interleague DP transfers. It's getting more common now, but like it's still not very not very common in general. Well, if he's racist, just send him to Austin. They like them. They like racists and uh, domestic violence. <laughs> I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed get get him out and I mean if Red Bulls if that's a destination that'd be a possibility they got a whole crop of young talent. You know what? Just to be a dick, sell them to fucking Canada, where it's cold all the time. That's what I would do. Like oh, you don't want to press. Yeah, guess go, trade what, him, go trade him to Montreal. Where yeah, you're going to Montreal. Four goals a game. Whoever plays outside in Canada, bitch, the- that's where you're going. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One of the theories that I've heard like circulating around Twitter is that maybe we're saving him as so he he won't get injured, so we can't sell him. Like maybe that's what we're waiting on. Maybe there's already something happening. Maybe because you know the Sviatchenko trade that was silent up until Tom Boker announced that we signed him already. So maybe that's something we're already working on right now, and we just don't want him to get injured. I guess we'll have to see. But uh, hey, is is LA bad or are we good? Is LA bad. Um. LA is pretty bad. They have they have the the whole culture and the club is just an absolute mess right now. Yeah, they hate Klein. They hate their owner, and that that affects stuff on the field. Yeah, I think knowing that they don't have their fans behind them because they're boycotting, I think that's a big that that definitely affects the players on the field. Not having the support of your fan base, so I think they're bad. I don't think I think it's more that they're bad than we're, you know, good. And I put air quotes around good. Yeah, we're we're better than they are, but we're not. I don't think we're good yet. But I I do think when we're fully healthy that we can be a good team. I think right now we're we're okay. We're middle of the pack, slightly better. Our goal difference is one. Um, yes, we beat a ten man team, but still we we've done some things that I don't think a lot. Of, I, we're better than I was expecting right now. Hundred percent. Well, Finn, what was your biggest takeaway of the game? My biggest takeaway from the game uh, was that we finally figured out how to score kind of from open play, although yes. we had to do it against 10. No, I, that's exactly what I – that's what I would have said too. I, that was my biggest takeaway of the game is that we finally scored a second open play goal. What about you, Joey? My biggest takeaway uh, is really just how versatile we could use Franco Escobar. I think that was the most important thing I took away. Yeah, it's impressive. We have a lot of guys that can fill different holes. Ooh. We have guys that can they're versatile. They can they can fill holes wherever. I think nice. another another takeaway is that I think we're kind of deciding that Sebastian Ferrer is not the guy up top. We're kind of deciding that Baird, best case scenario, maybe does not is not the best guy at striker. And my biggest takeaway is that Thor is definitely not the best uh best option up there. He was pretty 
bad when he came in. Yeah, there was he, two. He could have had two goals if he was in a slightly better position. He's and slow. I think a lot of that, That's the issue. A lot of that goes with not playing because a striker, you know, builds off confidence and stuff. But man, he he definitely like if I was Hector Herrera, I'd be talking to him in the locker room after that and saying like, "Look, man, like that's got to be a goal." Like, I that was a bad. That was just a bad bad play. I mean, you, you think about it. He's he's Icelandic and. If this was if we put skis on and we had a Nordic competition or snowshoes, I think he'd whoop everybody's ass. But now we're asking him to run on grass and the heat. You know, it's it's going to take a while to adjust for the young man. But yeah, man, here's the thing: we don't have the striker that fits this system because Baird looks better on the wing to me. Sebas doesn't press. Thor presses, but offensively he's lacking. So we we are missing one part. I think Bossy and Baird are fine on the wings. We are missing that striker that fits the system and. There's a summer transfer window coming up. There's going to be guys that are available. I think if we are in contention, if we're top nine and we can bring in that average, average striker that fits Ben's plans, we make the playoffs. And I'll tell you what, I think we can win a game in the first round. But I don't think we'll have a home match. So I think we'll lose anyway. So, all right, next one. Colin, you brought this up. And I didn't even notice this. But apparently when Hector came off, Bartlow got the armband. Is that right? That is correct. What uh you wanted to talk about it, so go ahead, expound. Give a give us what you're thinking. It's hard to put a lot of context into it just because there's like a minute and a half left in the match. But him getting the armband, maybe it was because he was the closest one to him. It was just here, take it. I, I'm getting off. But I think that holds some sort of weight, right? Like that can't be taken for nothing. I was just more wondering what do y'all think about it? Like what do you, do you think it holds any weight? Yeah, I, I think it does. I think uh, that's a decision that that they have to have a backup, like who's going to be the captain. Or Olsen has to tell Herrera who to give it to. And I think the fact that Bartlow came in this season after limited amounts of time last year, and he is a starter, and now he's getting the armband. But then again, Matias Vera got it as well back in the day. But no, I, I do think it holds weight. Joey, what about you? Uh, Probably not much, because I, th- I do think if Artur was on the field, it would have run straight to him. True. That's true true all right i so, guess uh, more well I, I guess more of what i'm kind of trying to get at is that it didn't go to a deep has it ever mm-hmm. has he ever been captain well has bartlow ever been captain no but i mean he's been here for what two years now this is his third season yeah so i don't know but anyway listener questions question one we're gonna rotate joey i'll give you this one first draco says should Corey be on the starting 11 yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's earned it the last few weeks. He's not scoring, but he's being a big part of a team performance that's getting us wins. So, yeah. Right on. Colin, you get the second part. Is Bossy a penalty merchant? Yes. Yes. I, just, I think the record that he broke was just laughable. It's just a, it's just a meme at that point. I love uh, it. What was, what was it? Four consecutive penalties scored. Yep. Yeah, I like that. I want to change his last name to Salah. I mean Salah. Oh, I mean Salah. Extraordinaire. Couldn't even make it. I know so. that fucking guy. Yo, y'all got lucky in that one. Y'all got lucky. So, but we got lucky against Brighton. But yeah, man, I saw but, Salah miss but, it again. It's the second one in like well, three weeks. Here's here's the thing: is that shouldn't have even been a penalty. I, that was a terrible should've. call. Yo, I felt like those refs were totally pro Arsenal. Wait, I know you're a Tottenham fan, but Joey, are you a are you an Arsenal fan or a Liverpool? Yeah, Arsenal. Arsenal. That was uh, that that was not a penalty whatsoever. It was just two players running towards the ball, and they happened to clip each other on the way. It's Joey's only flaw that he roots for Arsenal. That's it. Otherwise, he's fucking perfect. What do you think of Tottenham? I think they need to get a yeah. coach that can stay the whole fucking season. What do you think of shit? Tottenham. I think I think it smells good in the toilet and smells better when it's not in the toilet. Arsenal, Arsenal played a really good first half. I mean, when when Liverpool could break out like that and just take over a game at home, a- any team on the planet is going to crumble under that pressure. It's just what happens. It's what they do. They don't they don't lose at home very often. No, I'm interested to see what happens with the uh, the linesman that elbowed Henderson in the face. That guy should be thrown the fuck out. Like that was like oh, he elbowed him at halftime. Like 
And then he yellow carded him. Like, oh, come on. Anyway, uh, Sarcastic Turtle says, I know it's early in the season, but with Bossy having a good chance of being our highest scorer, do we look at the do we look to selling him at the end of the season? Uh, huh? Yeah, he, he says, with Bossy having a good chance of being our highest scorer, do we cash in and see if a team in Europe will take him and we make a profit? I would say no. No. Who do you replace him with? You know, I, no, I, I would not. And it like turtles, it's it's early, and he he probably is going to be our highest scorer. If the right offer comes in, everybody's for sale. But do we look at selling? No, no, not unless the right offer comes in. What do y'all think? No, he's a he's a tam player. Like why? So we have a yeah. player of a very high quality, not on a DP contract. No, yeah, we don't. Or, or we we don't sell him. I mean, we bought him for like 1. 1.5, 1.4, 1.5 mil, I believe. So it's like, if someone wants to offer like three and a half, four million, like take him. But like, it, that won't happen. Like, he's not going to be that good. Like, he's not going to be able to like garner a high enough price for me to want to sell him. Like, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, too, is when guys come here, when they start elsewhere and end up here, they usually end up staying in MLS. When they start in MLS and leave, they usually, you know, they don't come back until they've run their course. Like uh, the NYC, if Yule didn't Yule leave and come back, or uh, who was the guy in New York? That's the same as I know. Yule never left. You're, t- are you Sands? About James, Sands? James Sands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James Sands. James Sands. Yeah. Most guys, once they're here, man, they're here. Especially when they come from Europe to here, they're sticking around. I, I think Bossy's going to be here uh, for a while. And if he leaves and goes back, I would imagine he goes back to France or England. Like he came from bossy looks like he's having the time of his life down here. He definitely looks like the glue of the locker room. Yeah. He's a funny guy. What was it, Joe? You were talking about him and Herrera cutting yeah. up and shit. Joey They're likes funny it. as hell. Him and teenage it. have it's, a like nice e- it's like every day now Herrera's posting some, something goofy with him and bossy. Well, and yep. that's great to see because if we need anyone on this team bought in, it's Hector Herrera and he looks bought in. Yeah. And you know what? It's nice to see these guys out doing things. I know like we lost a match and then they went golfing. People are like, why the fuck are you golfing? Because it's about building camaraderie and building a, a sense of family to where when a dickhead throws a player down an extra time, instead of letting him get thrown down, you rally around and get in that motherfucker's face, which we finally did when Costa did that to Brooklyn, which by the way, that's shitty picking on a teenager. Pick on someone your own age, you prick. But dude, no, it's important. It's important to have faith in, in each other and to trust each other and to like each other. Because if I don't like anybody, I'm not going to do shit for them. You know what I mean? Well, I also liked how when Costa threw down Brooklyn Reigns, which was idiotic, the whole team rushed over to Brooklyn. Yeah. And I, although it did kind of contrast with how Tate Schmidt got injured and no one really came to Tate Schmidt's aid. I don't know what... I guess maybe Ben Olsen talked to him about that, I guess. I don't know, but I, I did like how everyone ran to Brooklyn's aid. It looks like that there's a close connection in the locker room. Yeah, Ben probably said, look, guys, I was listening to the Dynapod, and Joey and Finn are not happy that we let Tate get <laughs> fucked up. You got you to gotta do something. We, we can't have them upset with us. But you know what? Like, There is a difference between Brooklyn and Tate in that Brooklyn's been here for a while. He's a young I'm not going to say prodigy, but he's a young talent. Whereas Tate's kind of a journeyman who just got here. So he hasn't really had the chance to build up that, that relationship. But either way, yeah, dude, when, when they let Schmick get bossed around and didn't do anything, that fucking pissed me off. All right, next question. This is from Turtles again. I put, the, I put up a thing for questions like 10 minutes before we started. Uh, he says, any predictions on what our midfield looks like next game? Uh, Colin, next game, no Herrera. Who's the midfield going to be? I think it's going to be uh, Coco, Archer, and Brooklyn. All right. Joey? Yeah, probably the same. I, yeah. We could maybe see Kaiseido. Ah, so defensive. I, I think it'll be the same. I think, you know what? I think you could see Kaiseido in the middle and Brooklyn on the wing. Yeah. Or I think we could always see um, Bossy come in the middle and then Coco on the wing. Or, or Reigns on the wing. I think Bossy's going to stay up top. I really do. I think he's oh, probably he there. probably should, but we'll see. We'll see what they want to do. I mean, and the Rebels. The Rebels is a team that is very high pressed, and then also plays very defensive as well at times. So we might need as many creators as we can on the field. As many guys who could be press resistant. And high press plays right into Corey Baird's wheelhouse because he does like to make those runs, those diagonal runs. 
Mm-hmm. He does. All right. Second part of this question says, Joey, we'll go with you because I feel like I just cut you off. Joey, which player are you most excited to get back from injury? Oh, Brett Smith, 100%. Yeah. Colin, what about you? What other players do we have out other than Tate and Brad uh, Smith? Achara. Achara. Yeah. Oh, well, Brad, Brad Smith. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I think I'm... he's going to – Go ahead. I think he's going to really come in and change it. Like, I think he's going to bring an aspect that we just don't know because we haven't seen it yet. But when it comes in, we'll be like, wow, we were missing this. And Because he's, he's a really good player. He was – I thought he was good in Seattle. He spent like five seasons there. And like you know, unfortunately, he got the the injury at DC United, but he's a very good MLS player. Yeah. Well, boys, we got anything else? Because that brings us to the end. Anything we missed? Mm. One Did thing I want to bring up that's interesting is that no one came out for media for LA. Ooh, I think that's something that's a little. Interesting. That's understandable, though. Well, even yeah. when you lose bad, you, sh- you should always have the coach come out. But not only was it a bad loss, it was an embarrassing loss because you guys didn't even behave like professionals. Not only did you get your ass kicked on the field, you acted like a bunch of fucking junior high kids. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah. Like a bunch, like Lord of the Flies. Who the fuck is running the ship over there? It was embarrassing to watch. Like they lost. They just looked uninterested from the 75th minute on. Yeah, and they're fucked now because they just lost two players for LAFC. I I was really excited for the press conference too because, I mean, we we, if you watch Vanny's press conference last week, he made he went he went pretty nuts over a penalty decision. I I was waiting for the for him to go full Mourinho or Conte this this week, and they skipped out on us. Yeah, he wasn't feeling it. They had they had a flight to catch. They got a a shoot for GQ tomorrow. Yeah, they're supposed to have him and uh, Marky Delgado talking, and they just didn't show. Yeah. But uh, guys that are listening, look, Colin from Keeping Tabs is on here. And if you don't know who Keeping Tabs Pod is, that's your fault. You need to get out there and follow Colin. Check out his videos. Colin, what are those little videos you do? What are they called beforehand with the sticky notes and shit where you and uh, you and Luke do them? We do the, the checklist. A checklist. I love those. Joe, you seen those? No, I haven't. God damn it, Joey! Just lie and say yes. <laughs> I, I don't even. I don't even watch our own stuff. I know. I asked so. Joey, like, did you listen? He goes, I don't listen. I don't like my voice. I don't care, Joey. Listen for me. <laughs> just lie, lie to us. Like I told you, like if you ever don't know an answer, just make it up. But uh, yeah, man, Colin, give out your your social media, and guys, for real. If you're listening to me, like Colin and Luke, they're 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 pretty similar. They're funny. They're they don't always do their episodes sober. And they're putting no, out a lot we, of do, we definitely do not. I'm so we sober right now. I am so sober right now. And I, I last night before I recorded, I took like I ate like a mushroom candy bar. So towards the end, it was starting to be hard to control my thoughts. But Colin, put out your social, man. Yeah, go ahead and check us out on at keeping tabs pod for Twitter. And the link to our Spotify is in our description. So go check it out there. We try to upload every uh Wednesday, but hopefully that's gonna change to Mondays get the podcast out earlier after game time but for right now every wednesdays no no keep it at wednesday because I, I i release monday i don't want to i don't want you fucking up my numbers just playing you can release on tuesday <laughs> uh shit joey i was gonna say something i can't remember anyway y'all got anything else i don't joey no i think we're yeah. all good oh what i was gonna say um as always, we're going to be doing, as always, as of recently, we're going to be doing a preview episode this week. And I've reached out to a couple guys, uh, New York Red Bulls podcast. So Joey, Joey, that's supposed to be your thing. My shoulder was hurt from carrying the, the podcast, dude. But <laughs> keep an eye out for that. It's too much. That's because you know so much. Oh, your back's still <laughs> fucked up, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that figuratively and literally, yeah. Damn, man, I went for a run today, so I feel pretty good. Getting my sexy back. I did back. too. Getting my sexy back. But uh, how far did you go? Um, two miles. No, he beat me. I went like a mile and a quarter. But twice your age. That's true. So, yeah, that's almost true. Dick, forty-one. <laughs> but uh, guys and girls, uh, thank you again for listening. Colin, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Always a pleasure. No problem. No problem. And Joey, I love you. 
Love you too, man. All right. And as always, go Dynamo. Ferreira at the far post. Can he get a shot off? It's Ferreira to get his second. Yes, he does. Goes in off the hands of JT Marcinkowski. Sebas Ferreira has picked up the second. It's 4-2 Houston Dynamo. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's Familiar with Failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool ass people.